Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome to the garage guys NASCAR podcast. I'm Dale Tanhart joined by garage guy chase. And the reason why I am leading this one off is because I just want to give a shout-out to the motherfucking goat, Carson Hosevar. I'm so pumped up about the betting hit we had this weekend. Talk big about Carson Hosevar on Thursday night on Dale Center. While that truck race was a complete and utter catastrophe at Texas Motor Speedway, you cannot deny the bags that were won because of the sun hat god, whatever fucking hat it's called. What are those hats called, Chase, that, that he wears? What it's are those? Like a, uh, it's kind of like a, a a safari hat, maybe. Yeah, 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 like a safari hat. Anyway, uh, shout out to Carson Hosevar, safari hat god, first career truck win, and brought the bags home for the garage fan. So that's 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 why I get to lead this off because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about that until until we get another big win in the truck series. You got to be braggadocious, man. The truck gods here. Like you, we, we tell we tell them every year. We tell we tell you listening all the time. When it comes to trucks, you tell Dale. That's just how it goes. I've been tailing Dale for two years in trucks. Never cried. Never never showed emotion or tears because even if we lost, I knew we were just gonna win win huge the next week. That's how it goes. Carson Hosvar, big hat guy. We need to get him on the show. We need to find a way. Yeah. So it's actually hilarious. So I had a uh, I had a TikTok that I put out. Is an iRacing TikTok, a meme of like wrecking the leader on the last lap, but you go on to win the race. And like the audio is like some audio that's like a win is a win, no matter what. A win is a win. I think I posted it like two months ago. And tonight, before we started recording, Hosevar liked it and commented true. I mean, just like the ultimate nascar social media king himself carson love that right he also liked my celebration video i was like okay cool we love this so yeah i gotta give him his his credit for not just winning but for also everything else he's been doing including wearing safari hats he might be stalking you low-key that's all i gotta say i mean that was was kind of an old video yeah could be could be carson stalkovar Stalk of our no 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 we're not gonna go that route we like we like what he did hey look look the the kid got it done dude shout out to him he was on crutches last year now he's just holding championship trophies of texas he's a champion of texas he wore cowboy hats that was fire breathing out they had an indy car race at texas this weekend we, we're, we're gonna dive into that i'm sure talk about that you got to actually catch that one uh back at home with pops this weekend so can't wait to hear about uh your thoughts and takes on that one i didn't get to watch as much as i would have liked to but i did get to see some highlights shout out joseph newgarden uh also got some nascar news to jump into post richmond 
We'll talk about my ramen noodle diet for this week from losing all of my bets. And and we're going to talk about some early odds for the Food City Dirt Race. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this pod. Uh, it's been a, We've been marinating this one for about a solid hour and a half. Just yeah. Think tank. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it goes sometimes, especially when you have a, a lot of storylines, right? Like just, and, and I wasn't, we, we really hadn't talked since Saturday. And uh, like, I, I wasn't on playback on Sunday with you guys, which I heard was a good time, of course. But um, yeah, we, it's just, it's, it's our ultimate debrief. And then we, we, we hop right into it. So it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. So well, let's go ahead and kick this off. First thing I did want to say, um, cruelty. Pure cruelty on April Fool's. I actually forgot it was April Fool's. Just wanted to mention quickly, uh, the Carl Edwards April Fool's joke was probably one of the cruelest things that has been done on NASCAR Twitter in a while. On uh, on April 1st, there was, uh, there was a tweet that had jumped out. Not sure who the source was, but the tweet came out basically saying that uh that that he was going to come run some races again and i know that you're your big cousin carl guy you believe that jimmy johnson is a six-time champion not a seven time because carl edwards won it i'm a facts guy only yeah i mean it's, it's statistical you know he shook hands and then he left it was the ultimate walkout uh but yeah that one hurts man because i would have loved to see some more carl edwards dude carl edwards was just when, when i think about affleck i think about carl edwards i can't help myself when you think about what you think about Carl Edwards? When I think about Aflac. Oh, Aflac. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, they, dude. One thing about Carl Edwards, he was an advertising machine for companies, man. The backflip thing was very, very coveted by sponsors. And it just made him, it helped make him a superstar alongside of his driving talents, of course. But Subway was big with him. They had some great commercials. And of course, Aflac. Aflac was there for a while, too. But, yeah, so I got the tweet right now. It's from uh, at Denny Delivers, uh, big Denny Hamlin fan. I think he's he's kind of a funny guy, kind of a troll. Um, Shout out to trolls. Yeah, no, I respect it. I respect it. I did not see this tweet until April 2nd, and I had heard Mike Joy bring it up on the broadcast too. Everybody always forgets April 1st. It blows my mind because I wake up and I know what day it is. Like when it's April 1st, I'm like, don't believe anything that seems too good to be true. And I immediately know. But I did not see this one. And pulling it up now, yeah, anything Carl Edwards related just makes me sad because of how he left the sport. And I don't want to get into that. (laughs) But in my mind, he was the 2016 champion. So, yeah, be careful what you see. It's too late. We couldn't give you the advice beforehand. You were fooled. Just try 2024. Just watch out for April Fools. Okay. Got you got to keep your calendars updated. Got to keep it some kind of note on your phone that reminds you, hey, I might get fucking scammed today. Got to remember what day it is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it kind of bled over to April, April the 2nd, though, because I mean, looking, looking back on it now, let's, just go ahead and dive into the cup series race on Sunday at Richmond. Kyle Larson gets it done. Shout out to him. Not, not only did he get this win at Richmond, but it was on Ricky Hendrick's birthday, which I somehow missed that. I have no idea because I even made the statement. As soon as I heard it, I was like, if I would have known today was Ricky Hendrick's birthday at Richmond, I would have bet on Kyle Larson. I would have done it regardless of statistics. You know me, you know how I am. 
And, and so it's like, I, I was just, I felt like I was just robbed of that. But then I also realized, Hey, that's your fault. You should have known that you should have went to Wikipedia, should have figured it out. But uh, I thought that, that that's crazy. It's just crazy how some of those things play out like that. And, you know, shout out to, to Rick Hendrick and, you know, the death of the son and everything like that was just such a, you know, a tragedy, but they found a way to just commemorate it in such a beautiful way. They, they throw the hats on backwards as their jam. So it was awesome that Kyle Larson was able to get it done in the same paint scheme as Ricky Hendrick used to run. And, uh, and they got to do those tribute photos at Richmond. So shout out to him for getting that done. Cause we, we did not see that coming. I, I, I think you would agree with me. We did not think Kyle Larson was going to win this race. Look, man, I, I've said it. God, I don't know how many times I've said it on this podcast. Like, and, and in particular with Daytona, Daytona is like all about irony. Right. But NASCAR is, so ironic and, and tragic sad ways but also in in some beautiful ways and this is an example of one of those ways uh where it is a beautifully ironic moment for kyle arson to win on ricky hendrick's birthday in that paint scheme it is really really cool and i always will say like and you said it in your tweet there is like if i if we had known it was ricky hendrick's birthday like maybe you throw a bet on there because like hey this would be really cool if it happens and and moments like that happen in nascar all the time so yeah i think it's awesome i still remember being a kid seeing the martinsville deal uh back in 2004 it was so just didn't realize how crazy it was until you got a little bit older but no i um go just getting away from from that whole deal just talking about the race itself and betting strategy i will always fade hendrick motorsports at richmond man like I, i've said that before too like that's one of those deals that like I'll, i will live and die on is fading hendrick at richmond because they have not had success like alex bowman's win in 2021 where he led like the final eight laps or something back door yeah right that was the only hendrick win in like 13 years at, the, at Richmond I mean they they just they get beat by Toyota and, and team or Joe Gibbs and team Penske every single year and this year it's been a different year they Hendrick has been really good everywhere Alex Bowman's been the most consistent William Byron's been just a, a juggernaut when it comes to leading laps winning stages late race restarts and Kyle Larson who's kind of been on the shit end of the three guys that are running for the championship right now uh, finally broke through. And ironically at a track that he has not been very good at over the years. Yeah. You look at his, his win at Richmond in 2017. If you go back and watch that race, it was pretty, honestly, it was pretty fluky. I think Truex dominated that race and a late race restart happened and it went just total pandemonium that day. And when I say three drivers in this situation, of course, Chase Elliott's still out. Josh Berry, other guys are filling in. So Chase Elliott's not in the championship conversation at this point, talking about Hendrick Motorsports. But regardless, the program has been amazing. And I guess I want to lead into, I did want to make some comments on the penalty essentially being revoked. You saw that, right? Like the the appeals team revoked the big part of their penalty last week. We never got to talk about that. Yeah, we didn't really go into it too deep. So I, I was doing a little bit of digging. And well, it had happened after we recorded the last podcast. So we never even got to even mention it. 
we knew about the louvers and we knew what went down and then and then it got popped up where the the penalty was overturned they got their points back it put alex bowman at the top of the points and a lot of drivers are very frustrated about that because you know specifically states in the nascar rule book there's no manipulations to this car and you know, now at this point, you you got to wonder, like, th this just dumps more gasoline on this theory that NASCAR Twitter and everyone else has about how Hendrick's in bed with NASCAR because there's it's kind of sketchy. I'm not saying that that's that's what it is. That's not my personal opinion, but that's kind of the consensus right now. And I, and I don't think that without having you know more context on the situation that it helps at all. Well, uh, here's a that storyline. <laughs> Well, the deal is to, and I, I have to acknowledge that I forgot this and I'm, I'm disappointed in myself for not remembering because we've had a decent amount of appeals in the past year or so. Uh, the appeals are not handled by NASCAR. And I totally just forgot that the appeals are handled by a different body, the uh, national appeals, so motorsports appeal panel or whatever, which can be comprised of NASCAR random random members at, at any different time right like bill lester's been a part of it who's a former truck series driver and there and that makes sense right if nascar did their own appeals it would just be bullshit right it would be complete communist type type of shit if they ever sided in their own like if they ever sided with what they started with so my my deal here is the appeals panel said you get your points back, which is literally the, the most important part of all this. But the money stays with, with NASCAR and the 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 suspensions stay. And I just, I'm so confused by that. Like, I feel like you set a precedent by revoking the points and giving the points back to Hendrick. You set a precedent that they did nothing wrong. You set a precedent that Everything Chad Canal said in his interview, saying that like he's got hundreds of parts on his shelf that could be deemed illegal by the NASCAR sport by NASCAR's rule book. Like you set a precedent that he was right in that in that moment. You set a precedent that this is an issue with the single source supplier that's given these teams all these parts that supposedly are all the same parts and should be accurate to what the rule book allows but nascar saying no they modified this they modified this that tells me right there you're saying nascar was wrong great whatever chad canals apparently is right but then you don't you leave the suspensions and you leave the money and you basically the appeals panel basically said yeah we did find that the penalty was right but we're going to take away, we're going to give them back the most important fucking part of all of this, yeah. which is the points that dictates their entire season. How do you do that? How do you go one way with that and the other way say, okay, no, 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 but that that's great. They'll get their points back, but they still violated NASCAR's rule book. Yeah, it, it's very bizarre to me. It makes no sense because you. It makes no sense because you set a precedent on one side, and then the other side are like, "Okay, yeah, no, they still violated the rule." It's really, really bizarre to me. 
Well, you're and you're not the only person that thinks that. I mean, I, I look at it the same way because I mean, you you want to you want to feel like there's no double standards when when it comes to a sporting organization or when it comes to you know just racing in general. You know, especially being the top form of stock car racing in the world. I, I was reading a, a quote from the Charlotte Observer. There was an article that was dropped in here, and it's something Kyle Busch had said, and this is his quote from it. It says. The precedent was set early on with this car in the meetings that we had with NASCAR about not messing with stuff and taking it pretty seriously. Last year, a few guys got busted and they had all their stuff upheld. So for it not to be completely upheld this time around, I think shows a break in the system. And, you know, it's a matter of what you think you can get away with or how you build your case or how good your lawyers are. And, and what I have to say to that is Something I've said a long time ago, it doesn't really it doesn't really help, but it just it helps me with my analysis on Hendrick Motorsports. Hendrick Motorsports is for business. It's about business, okay? Rick Hendrick, he's a businessman. He owns a race team, he owns car dealerships. William Byron, his dad is a businessman. Alex Bowman, his dad is a businessman. Kyle Larson's dad, I'm not sure. Uh Chase Elliott's dad, he was a race car driver. You got two businessman drivers in there and you got rick hendrick is a businessman you're gonna have good lawyers if you, you got a good business and that that's how it goes so does that make it fair no is is kyle bush wrong no but the one thing that i will say on the flip side to that is something that was also quoted in this article that denny uh had actually mentioned and he said listen i can assure you that if i'm the only one getting a points penalty out of this whole thing then there's something wrong with the system that's for sure so you've got two drivers right here that are calling out the system All right, We're bucking the system now. What's going to transpire? Another thing you can add to this is Colic. Didn't Wasn't Colic involved in this whole deal as well? Did they still yeah. get a points penalty? Yeah, so Justin Haley also had the modified hood louvers and uh, was given the big points fine and, and all that shit. Um he hit i don't know if his appeal panel or if his appeal was on the same day or, or what's going on there but right now i know that he is still la he still has like negative fucking points right now right like they if they appealed they did not win i, I would assume they would have appealed and why they wouldn't have won like hendrick would be surprising i just got to do a little bit more research on that because i feel like no one's talked about what's happened with, with Haley and Collig in this situation. But you got to give Hendrick Motorsports some credit here, right? Like, they have Chad Canals, who is, I think, the greatest crew chief of all time. They're always, and it doesn't matter if it's hood louvers or whatever fucking part you want to talk about, like, they are always trying to push the boundaries of the rules at any time. And that's why their cars are better, right? That is why they're faster, because... Chad has, yeah, he has a method of pushing as far as you possibly can. And you might get caught, right? Maybe this was an example of getting caught. That's a part of racing. It, yeah, and exactly, right? Just finding edgier ways to get ahead it, until you get caught. That is literally a staple of NASCAR racing, probably since the the beginning of enforced rules, right? And yeah. the beginning of, of enforced of enforced rules when it comes to how, uh, what standards you have to meet with your race car. So you got to give them credit. You're right. Yeah. I, I just am so surprised. And the Denny Hamlin thing definitely adds more fuel to the fire because like, yeah, he's right. If he's the only one getting a points penalty out of all these, and you know, maybe Justin Haley too, but 
if Denny's getting a points penalty for admitting that he wrecked somebody on purpose, I mean, what's going on? It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I think it's a hundred percent if Colleague is still having to get a points penalty for this, because if it's the same exact problem, then their points should be overturned as well. And I mean, I know it's not that much of a of a, of a difference, but it's still a difference. And I think it's just that that that's going to be our telltale, right? Like we we've got to do our due diligence as NASCAR fans and as people that are around here to, to keep up to date with this story, keep tabs, ask questions. I want to know. I want to know is is Colleague getting points back and just being fine monetarily, like that. That is super important here because yeah, Denny's Denny's whole deal was was different. You know, he he intentionally wrecked a guy. As breaking the rules, you don't. He came out and he was public about it, and he was honest about it, and he he just straight up put himself in that situation. And he said what he said. Um, you know and that's what, what it is. Yeah, that's where we should move next. But I do want to specify. I just looked. Colleagues' appeal for Justin Haley's penalty will be heard on April fifth, which is on Wednesday. Why? So there you go. There you go. Why, why, why so long? I think they do. Maybe I think they do like one one a week, one a week. So Hendrick got theirs last week. Justin Haley gets his this week. If they don't get points back, then 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 something. Yeah, yeah dude, they have to give Justin his points back. There is no way the situations can be that different, no. right? No. So, I and I, it's crazy because I'm a Chad Canals hater, but when I saw what he said, I kind of sided with him. And then with what the appeals team did made me think that he was kind of right. Like this is a NASCAR problem with their supplier more than a team problem. But who who really knows, man? I, I honestly don't fucking know. That's just, th- this has all been our observation as amateurs, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you talked about Danny. I, we're not yes. amateurs, we're reporters. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Now, we talked about Denny Hamlin. I think we should jump in. And I, I'll go ahead and start with this. I have never been a podcast guy my whole life. I don't like podcasts. I've never avidly listened to any podcast. Just do ever created, ever. I, I, I just don't like them. I've, I've enjoyed in our long car rides when you play Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell. Those are fucking hilarious and great. I've just been lumped into the conservative crowd now. Thank you. Oh shit! Is Duncan, <laughs> Duncan Trussell considered conservative? Hell no! Duncan Trussell is considered the universe. That okay, is, yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. No, that's so I listen to Joe is with Duncan. I love yeah, that. dude, those are great. I found it on YouTube, and I showed uh, like one of the eight-hour-long pods, and I showed it to my dad, and he was actually laughing his ass off. But anyway, um, I'm not a podcast guy. Like I've never been avidly listening to anything, and I have. For the first time in my life, avidly been listening to one podcast, and it is Denny Hamlin's Actions Detrimental. It's great. It's awesome. It's amazing for new fans. As you said when we were talking, he simplifies so well for casual fans and even and anybody, anybody who's interested in the sport because uh, he colors everything so well with his perspective and He's been honest, and he's been a straight shooter. He's been able to make fun of himself. It's very fucking refreshing. Well, tonight, tonight, I know you've you've listened to bits and pieces. I saw on Twitter, uh, he commented about the J.J. Yaley deal, which totally looked like he wrecked him on purpose for 30th. And he said on the podcast that it was an accident. He yeah. said it was an accident. 
So yeah. I don't. I'm not just gonna, just gonna go run ahead. through a guy. Yeah, sorry. I want to know what you want to do. What you think about this? Yeah, he's like, I'm not just gonna run through a guy to get 30th place, and it's just like video evidence shows you ran through a guy. You know, it doesn't matter if you're trying to get the place or not. Like it just it happened. He he was basically talking about how he would you know they started the restart or whatever, and he got shoved down trying to go into the corner, and he put him in a weird spot. And it's like he said that JJ checked up, and he just stayed on the gas. And the way that I look at which this, which is right, which is yeah. right, and like he he dove down to get behind JJ. And I mean, to me, it looked like, yeah, JJ ran his line. But Denny definitely dove it into the corner like there was no one in front of him. It's the best way I could describe it. He's a ghost car. He he looks at JJ as a ghost car. You know, after taking, <laughs> after taking his lunch money in 2006, Joe Gibbs, when he was him, Terry Labonte, and uh, who it was him, Terry Labonte, and and I think uh, JJ were, were running the eleven before they gave it the eleven to to Denny full time. Uh, Jason Leffler ran it. JJ had the eighteen from 06 to 07. and then the eleven was yeah. Terry Labonte ran a few, and then Jason Leffler. I think Denny ran a couple in 05 as well. But yeah, everybody forgets JJ Yaley used to jive for Joe Gibbs race, which kind of makes it a little funnier, I guess. I don't know. No, it's just like he was like he was like, You've had your time. He's like, What what is that? What what did uh homeboy chef, uh twenty dollar chef back? You had a good run. He's just oh, like yeah, yeah. that was Denny's that was Denny's you had a good run moment. It was and a good it, run, buddy. JJ, it, it just I find it funny because like you listen to what Denny was saying about JJ, and it's like he was just so calm, and he was just you can tell like he was like if you don't, I, I feel like we we listen to Denny so much, and like you know that like Denny has sarcasm in him, so it's hard for me to like hear him talk like that and not just like kind of hear like this sinister like cynicalness in his voice. I I don't know, not cynicalness, but like just he's got like that evil smile kind of going on, like. I didn't mean to do that. Like that wasn't me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got to go listen to it and, yeah. and see kind of get more context. Was mad. They had a uh, they had a, a front stretch did a, a little interview with him after the race, and he was just kind of like, you know, well, yeah, that's just how it goes, you know. So I, I guess you know if he ever gets in a position where we're here, you know, I'll just you know I'll have to remember that. And it's just like he was so beside himself, and it's like dog, like. I mean, I'd be mad too. Like, why he was JJ was just running his race and got dumped, you know, know. for nothing. But is but at the same time, it's just like that's what happens. And I mean, it's like you got a car back here. Denny like won this race last year, and he's like, shit, I gotta get back up front. I want to win. Like, it's the same thing. Like a couple years ago, they they all talked about like Martin Truex Jr. Don't like to say that name on this podcast too much after Risen. Yeah, yeah, no parole denied. Um. But they, the the drama queen thing is just like you know you expect everybody to move out of the way for you and it was just kind of like one of those moments where it's like Denny didn't even expect it he just said yep I'm just gonna move. ghost car yeah Fox he just he took off bro and that's what yeah. happened it is what well, it it's interesting I love the the era that we're in right now actually because it's a very interesting time where Denny has done this podcast it's been great but he has paid the price literally already because of the podcast we're at a very interesting time in the world of nascar where drivers like Corey lajoy has obviously had his podcast for a little while shout out to that boy lajoy 
Yeah, and you're getting more guys that want to get involved in this kind of stuff. And now you have to wonder about your, I guess, your freedom of speech when being too honest about it. And you got to wonder, like, man, if I watch that replay a hundred times, every single time, I'm going to think Denny wrecked him on purpose out of frustration. Every time. Because he just went so hard into the corner. But you got to wonder if Denny... And I don't, it's, it sucks. It's like, I don't want to call Denny Hamlin a liar. He's been so straightforward on on this program, but you got to wonder if there's like a, I learned my lesson kind of thing. Like, I'm just not going to say that I wrecked him. Like I, he, he did say, I did see him say like, he was going to reach out to JJ Yaley, right? He was like, you'll hear from me. I just imagine like he says that. And then he calls JJ and it's like, yep, yeah, I did wreck you on purpose, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast. And I'm sorry. Like that sucks. I want to be on that phone call. I want to. I want to just be on that phone call. He just calls. I'm like, I don't even think a phone call is going to happen. Like, just put a bug. Yeah, we'll find some way to tap it. There's no text. There's not going to be a call. It's just. It's. It's not even worth his time. It. It was. It was as relevant as the moment where he turned him. It was just like that's. That's your call. That's your text message. Get the fuck out the way. I'm trying to race. (laughs) Like that's. That's it. Yeah. I. It's so tricky, and it actually. it, It. It is really funny and interesting though. Because well, of the podcast, he, he doesn't belong right? on the track. There was an article that I read where he literally said, "Like it's just like you know, some of these guys don't belong on the track." And it's like when you say things like that, and then you go back and you apologize, and you have like this tone, like you're like grandma's cookies woman on the package. It's like, yeah, we I can hear that sarcasm in your which voice. that quote, in my opinion, is right in some ways. But I think he also somebody said it too. Like there are teams in any NASCAR national series that choose to just be profitable and not bring a competitive race car out there, but they found a way. Yeah. So like, I think you also have to respect that until NASCAR decides what the standard is for like the, the bare minimum of what's of, of competition of what's competitive. So, you know, like premium motorsports, I remember it was like the 27 car, like the 55, like, which they, I don't know if they got bought by Spire or, or Rick Ware or whatever. I think they get, they got they got bought by Rick Ware, but I mean they were, God, they were they were so slow. No matter what, they were really really slow. At least like with Rick Ware, we've seen improvement over the years, right? They actually have gotten more competitive and seem like they're trying to be more competitive. Yeah, and and, and make gains because they've been competitive in in IndyCar as well. They've been competitive in IMSA. And they've had situations where they've been competitive in NASCAR too. So, you know, I think, I guess to sum all this up, like there's some truth on, on both sides of this and maybe, maybe a little bit of line from, from Diddy to say, to save face. I don't know. I, I want to know what you guys think when you listen to this, like tag us and give me something more reasonable than what I think. Cause I really don't fucking know. I'll just I'll put it to you as simple as this: like, just listen to the tonality in his voice, and just just make your your inner judgment on the tonality of how he apologizes. So I'll put it to you that way. But yeah, um, it you know it was it, that there was you know some moments of excitement. There were some moments of pain at the end of that race. So it was your typical Richmond race, I would say. You know, yeah. you long runs. Uh, you know, you had the pit stops are all, that is my favorite part. Like Richmond to a lot of people is kind of a boring race to me. 
I love strategy races. And that's something that is just like, I've really taken to since being at the racetracks and like going to Richmond, like we went to Richmond last year. I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it because like, these are those times where not only is your driver got to have a good car and be able to put on a good show, but like you got to time everything perfectly. And I mean, you can say you can do that week in and week out, but I feel like it is a lot more challenging to do at a place like Richmond. And well, you- that's the thing is like, that's the thing too, is like Richmond didn't used to be like this. Like last year was the first time I've ever seen this kind of strategy play out at Richmond. And I actually, I disagree on the first thing you said. I think strategy races are better to see on TV because you, like the broadcast does help in determining everybody's pit cycle and what how fresh their tires are. Um, we kind of watched and, it on TV at Richmond. Like we were, yeah, exactly. And I'm not a big fan of Richmond. Like it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like I, I, Richmond didn't do anything for me to like go out of my way to go back there, I guess I'll say, but it is a popular track amongst a lot of our garage fam community. We had a lot of garage fam out there who, who yeah. said they had a great time, but industry guys too. Uh, has yeah. Some- some people so there's a lot of people in the nascar industry like it's kind of like one of those fixture races like bristol or you got a lot of industry people that flood to it yeah and it's and it's right next to north carolina too so you gotta obviously like it's not too much of a hike for most of the industry people but i i yeah i've become i thought it was a great race and i saw a stat there was like fucking three thousand green flag passes in this race uh, which is like the most at Richmond in 15 years or something like it was a good race. And this package, the new arrow package proved to be way better. It definitely was way better. The drivers thought it would be. It was. I'm very happy about that. There was actually a substantial amount of passing throughout the field. And you still got the element of strategy up until that last caution where Tyler Reddick spun. Right. And, well, speaking of strategy, we were both on Martin Truex to win. And I, I literally said it to my dad and he kept telling me, my dad, uh, we, he was asking me who I was betting on or whatever. I told him, I told him all the guys, cause I took a lot of outrights for this. Cause I felt like I felt confident about all my other bets. I had like my matchups, my prop bets. I felt really good about them. So I was like, I'm going to cover my ass on these outrights and fading Hendrick Motorsports always going to do it richmond well we'll, now we're going to talk about it in the fall because of how good they were but i had martin truex as an outright my dad was like son you're so stupid don't ever bet on that guy like what have you not learned your lesson and i was like yeah you're you're probably right but he's gonna be a factor today like he's gonna be he's gonna have speed he's gonna be there and he was and of course this time it actually wasn't his fault. And and so other times it hasn't been his fault, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, James, James small fucked up by using a set of tires early in that race, but it doesn't matter. And I tell people this on Twitter who always will bark because I'm blaming Truex drivers who win and drivers who don't win. It just doesn't matter how it happens, man. It doesn't fucking matter. You're either that guy or you aren't. And Truex is that guy who just cannot win. It doesn't matter where the problem comes up. Like it's a matter of being in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. And Martin Truex Jr. Since the end of 2021, 
where he probably had the championship one if a late race caution doesn't come out. And then Kyle Larson's pit crew wins the race for him. Martin Truex Jr. has been at the wrong place at the wrong time at all times for the last, uh, not two years, but year and a half, right? He's just become one of these guys that can never catch a break. He fucks up himself. His team fucks up. It doesn't matter how he loses. He just fucking loses, man. And yes, put the dumb, dumb hat on us because we bet on him again. Yes. No, you, and, don't, you don't put the dumb, dumb hat on us because... The no, I'm willing to accept world. it. I will accept it. I'm, okay? I'm not I'm fine. I'm a dumb, dumb. That was a, that was a play that we made, and it was a risk that we took, and we all knew what we were getting ourselves into, and then he just goes and shits. Like, he can't even finish inside the top 10, bro. Can't even hold it down on a restart. It's like an old man just shitting himself on a bed. Just fell back. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Okay. Hey, just just a reminder, this is not ever actually personal when we talk about this stuff, right? This is just betting related. This is purely betting related for us. Okay. Let's just be clear. I like Ryan Truex. Ryan Truex, good dude. Yeah. I've never met Martin. We've tried to. We were swiftly denied, but... um. Which is f- totally fair. You see us walk up, like that's uh, fine. You'd be like, no, no thanks. But this is all betting related. <laughs> it's not personal. But I will say, you know, to Martin's defense, after I, I heard the radio transmission between him and James Small, where James Small didn't even tell him that he put scuffs on, which is fucking hilarious. We have to acknowledge how funny that is, just to add to the Truex legacy since 2022. James' fault, maybe. I I might get a picture of James Small and put him in prison with him. Dude, I, I might do it. I might I agree, do it because that's pretty bad. Because I, I'm gonna tell you this: this is what I feel about it. The fact that James Small wears T-shirts like Cole Pern pisses me off. Like you're not Cole Pern, bro. You need to go get buy a polo or a button down. Like you can't wear hoodies or T-shirts if you are Martin Truex Jr.'s pit crew uh, chief, and and you're not Cole Pern. I feel like this dude just tried to come in and like be Cole Pern and he just sucked at it real bad. Well, he he's showing. He's showing. I think I think James Small was on that furniture road. He was like their lead en- he's been like the lead engineer when when right. Cole Pern was a crew chief. Like he's good. I mean, he gets it. He's trying to be yeah. like hey, remember I'm I got a t-shirt on too. I'm Cole Pern. Like nah, bro. Like, trying to continue that legacy maybe, you know. I miss Cole Pern, dude. I think about him a lot. He's a great guy. He was one of the first people we ever interviewed on Garage Guys, by the way. So what? I did not know that. You Cole me? Pern was the first Garage Talk that we ever had. This was before you were with Garage Guys. It was me and Drew. Holy shit! How did I not know that? That's crazy. Well, look it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's such a great interview. It was. Uh, it was great. So it's an old one, but it's a good one. Shout out to Cole Pern. I actually wow. yeah. found him on. I tagged him on Twitter, dude, and he DM me. It was insane. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Pern. He's got that Chad Knauss in him. You know, I hate that he left so early As a because he had, he had that, he's got that Chad Knauss kind of deal in him, man. Like he could be a, he's already, I mean, I don't know what, I want to look up his stats actually to see if, if, if he's a hall of fame crew chief. Hold on. The fact that he was able to take furniture racing to a championship was enough for me like that was crazy like i remember i remember that was before i even started garage guys it was like maybe the first year and i remember sitting at my old house like watching him win that race 
like or it was it was homestead uh, just watching him win that champion like it was it was berserk because you're like oh there's martin tricks in the 78 and then he they moved jgr and cole did not want to move to north carolina he was like i want to stay over here he wanted to stay in rado and um and, and if you listen to the podcast like i mean it's 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 out there like he literally talks at the end about why uh he doesn't want to leave canada now so i'm, I'm gonna let you guys figure that one i'm not gonna say it here so a little mystery. wow dude that's crazy and dude man he was per- in five years with truex from 2015 to 2019 24 wins won the championship in 17 and four points finishes in the top five and two runner-ups that is insane man I, and from 2017 to 2019 and 2016 was a good year, too. I mean, they won four races. But 2017 to 2019, they won 19 races. And their points, their finishes in the championship standings were first, second, second. That is insane, dude. That is insane. I can't Bring believe he's, he left. We want the Pern dog, and we want him now. Bring him back. That's the only way. I, I truly, firmly feel, betting-related, the only way for Martin Truex to ever get out of prison at this point is Cole Pern. That Cole is his Pern. Shawshank redemption. Cole Pern. Cole Pern is, is the one that's going to help him get out on parole. It's the only yeah. way. You might be right, man. You might be right. I feel but, it. But yeah, it did suck. You finished 11th. Uh, yeah. We, 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 we went down the Truex rabbit hole, and that's okay. But <laughs> happens sometimes, yeah. we already gave our shout out to Kyle Larson. Hey, what about right? Josh Berry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody got enjoyed their free fried pickles on Monday, courtesy of the nine car, which was driven by Josh Berry getting that awesome P2. He also cashed a top five for me that I really didn't. It was kind of like a just in case play because like I said, I thought I had everything covered and the books had nothing on Barry. And I just kind of remembered when Barry broke out and won Martinsville in the Xfinity series and was like 80 to one and no one expected it. I was kind of like, man, what if it happens? You know, what if what if something like that happened again? Third in the and, series race. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, and, and it's pretty disappointing that he honestly that he didn't win that one, actually. But I was like, I'm not gonna take the win. I'm gonna take top Chevy at 22 to one and the top five at seven and a half to one. And he came only one spot short of the top Chevy, unfortunately, but the top five hit. So Shout out to that. Shout out to the fried pickles. Um, and Hendrick Motorsports just being, I mean, all four of their guys were up there at some point and really good at some point in that race. But Truex is a bummer. And we didn't, dude, I, I don't know who all you bet on. I had Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin would have won that race had they not had the the pit road catastrophe on that final green flag pit stop. That was that was so that's inexcusable see that what would happen did you see did you see the guy that like fell down but that was on uh that was on bubba's pit crew yeah that that gave bubba a penalty in the it was late just stages. a bad day for people on pit road like ryan blaney like driving off with the the, the that was hilarious yeah Dang, bro yeah it was uh it, it was a wild day on pit road and and i'll say for my bets that i had like denny hamlin's that that burns a lot of people bet on kyle bush they're like oh he's gonna get his seventh win no no he didn't uh didn't even finish inside of the top 10 he finished p14 um for me i had william byron that stung 
Uh, so I did bet on Hendrick to win the race. I thought Willie B could get it done. And I was looking at some statistics before the race, just looking at like, you know, the, the best percentage chance for drivers to win at Richmond. It was like first, second, fourth, and seventh were like the highest percentage. And I was like, okay, well, these guys are starting here. I didn't want to take Bowman. However, I know Bowman is really good at saving tires on those kind of tracks. So that is a, a tidbit. Could have yeah, done he was, it. Like, he was like a, he was a top five guy most of the day. Yeah, he finished P8. Finished P8 in this race. But yeah, Byron getting turned uh towards the end of the race sucked. I want to say, was that the last caution or was Tyler Reddick the last caution? No, that was the last one. That was with like four to go. Yeah. When Bell got turned. Or not Bell, yeah. when Byron got turned by Bell. That's what hurt me the most. Like I had I picked him up on Sunday. I had I added Byron and then I, I I didn't want to add Chastain, but like my inner like gut was screaming dude and like i was just sitting staring at my phone and i'm like i've got to add one more guy i saw chastain at 16 at 16 to 1 and i'm just like i can't let that slide and he finished p3 like i mean he's been holding it down at richmond like uh, on his own and he's just got to close but for him to finish right there because larson and barry just had insanely good pit stops if it wouldn't have been for the pit stops they had chastain would have won the race like I, i don't know what they did maybe it was just a two tire stop you may know but no, they all did for well they were just insanely fast and they got out right ahead of him and they just didn't have enough time to get a long run going because if they would have had enough laps for a good long run to start like you you're looking at like c bell or kevin harvick going for it and i had harvick as well and that that hurt Rodney childers tried to talk to god but god hung up well my two surprises one is ross chassane because actually at richmond he was so bad at richmond last year i yeah. mean so bad uh, and track house is just bad in general. And Daniel Suarez has this has been one of his worst tracks. If you look at his oh, and I forgot Josh Barry. I took Josh Barry over Daniel Suarez at plus one thirty. Also a good bet because they ran around each other most of the race, but the aggressive strategy call helped Josh Barry secure that. But yeah, that was surprising to me seeing Ross up there and not just like he had top seven top eight speed most of the day so he was substantially better here this year than he was last year so that was a surprising thing and he ended up getting a top three and shout out to all the ross chastain memes going around they're amazing and hilarious uh that was the one thing i didn't put in my notes and because you brought them up i have to acknowledge that the bonsai chris bell just using fucking words from japan the bonsai came in no he said the wrecking ball yeah, but that's it's Japanese for bonsai. Same thing. Is it? I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, that's said, if you go watch, it said on the uh, the tweet. I, I'm I'm sure you saw the same tweet that I saw. It said wrecking ball, but when you go play the video, he said the bonsai came in. So, oh, he did. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Chris Bell, a uh, I didn't watch the video. I just saw the captions. That was that was probably an SEO deal. A lot of people don't know what bonsai means. I know what bonsai means. At least have congratulations. A I, I learned something in this hour but c bell is unhinged for saying that that's pretty ridiculous he did apologize he apologized to william byron he did not apologize to ross chastain which yeah. is like it is petty it is so fucking petty and i i the memes are great i i tweeted one myself but i i feel for ross now because of his issues last year he's kind of painted this this image of himself that it doesn't matter if he does good or bad. Like 
he's going to get painted bad by his competition in any situation that's even remotely close. Like if he's anywhere close to the situation, the drivers in the heat of the moment are always going to think about him and they're just going to want to blame him because they thought maybe he could have caused it. And in this case, Ross did nothing wrong at all. And if you think he did, you were a very dumb person. He literally held his line, sent it on the bottom, Typical Richmond, typical restart, had a great restart, a great opportunity to pass, did everything right, and he still got blamed for it. Still got blamed for it. So he's gotta own it. He's gotta own it at this point. Like you are that guy. If you're gonna if, if people are gonna assume you're that guy, just be that guy. Just go for it. Just but he didn't guy. touch him. He didn't do anything. He can't just it'd I be know, hilarious but- if he was like it'd be hilarious if he owned it in a funny way and, and was just like, Yeah, whatever, fuck it, man. I did wreck him. What are you going to do? Fuck it. You know, yeah, I'm tired of it. If they think if they're going to, if, if drivers going to keep coming at him like that, he just needs to be that person. Just go ahead and just do that. That'll piss him off even more. And and, and it'll just make the fans love him even more. So yeah. I, and I, I like C bell, man. I like C bell, but young man, C bell. Yeah. Hell's bell. Hell's bell, baby. Hell's bell. He, we need to get that dub because uh, he's one of my future bets to get over one and a half wins. So that needs to come soon. Yeah, New Hampshire, um, for sure. But yeah, I only had one bet that cashed uh, this race, and I still had a losing day. But Ty Gibbs top ten. Shout out to little Gibbles, dude. Gibbs. Yeah. Hey, I said this one of my matchups. Two weeks in a row, he's won me a matchup uh, over Jimmy Johnson at Coda, cashed on lap one. And this week, which was even easier, and it was plus money over Austin Cindric. As soon as I saw it on Caesars, I was like, "This is a no fucking brainer." Are you kidding me? Like. And in my mind, I was like, Ty Gibbs walks on water. Austin Cindric is like the snake in the grass. Come on. Like, th- th- there's no there's no doubt who's going to win this matchup. It was one of the easiest matchups I've ever given. So I do want to give Ty Gibbs a shout-out for cashing. He, and he's cashed for you two weeks in a row, too, with the top tens, right? Didn't you have him top ten at Coda? Sure did. Dude, Ty Gibbs, we, we appreciate you for mm-hmm. once. I did want to mention one thing real quick about the rate. Like, just wanted to mention about uh, th- there's a certain story that popped up recently. Actually, it um it, it I can kind of tie it into Richmond a little bit. Like, there was a driver last year during qualifying that did really well, and the performance just has not been there. Uh, you know, Eric Jones qualified inside the top ten at Richmond. Um, he had a pretty rough day, um, at Richmond, and Gregson did too. And oh man. I don't think that the news uh, – I actually put, like, half a unit on Gregson to get a top ten. is just, like, the most insane play that I did of the week. I was just like, why not? Let's see what happens. It was terrible. Terrible decision. I hope no one tailed that. But uh, but I ended up, like, finding this news article. It's pretty shocking news um, with Legacy Motor Club. Bruce Mosley, this was their president of operations, uh, was just hired on February 1st. He is uh he he left just left the organization today uh or yesterday, and to me with only being seven races into this season, th- th- there's so much that could be going on here. But the competition factor has been crap. The they they're nowhere near where they were last year. Um, you know I know in the beginning of the year we were talking about you thought Trackhouse was going to take a step back, and it, and it turned out Legacy was the one that took the step back. And you bring Jimmy Johnson in, there's the flack between him and Richard Petty. Like they were beefing about some stuff on the low. And then now you've got your president of operations just like rolling out 
on you. Like, is this what we expected from a seven-time champion coming in and it's like painting this picture of elegance in the NASCAR Cup Series? Like, it's all about the image, and and we're not seeing any of the uh, any of the talk to back it up. I guess you would say on the track. Yeah, they've been in the. I hate it, man. They've been in the in the news for the wrong reason, and this is this is a big deal, man. This is definitely a big deal. To to bring in a guy that has a good background, um, which I don't know a lot about him, but I, I read up on the article on motorsport.com about this. This is a pretty bad red flag. And you just got to wonder when it comes to the performance of the race cars, they have not been good this year, like you said. I mean, Eric Jones, at this time last year, had shown glimpses of potential winning speed, right? And then he got it done at Darlington later in the year. But it has been a tough year to start out. His only top 10 was at Atlanta, which is, you know, super speedways are up for grabs, essentially. But everywhere else, they just have not had very good speed, man. And that is a, just a big-time red flag this early on uh, in in this new buyout where Petty has basically turned it all over to Jimmy and and uh, I think and, and Maury Gallagher is still in there as well. Definitely yeah. disappointing. And I do think it's a worthy topic because in our Discord and in our community, a lot of people have been asking, what is going on with Eric Jones? Did we hit the panic button yet? Like on Dale Center, tracks where Eric Jones has been good at, people are asking, hey, do we hit the panic button? What's going on here? For me, it's like I gotta see, I gotta see some speed. You know, if we're talking short tracks, intermediates, I gotta see some sort of speed before I can I can trust. I can, before I can trust it. And we have not. We have not seen it, which has been very to me, been surprising and disappointing at the same time. So that's that's big news that needs to be talked about a little bit more with some internal, some internal issues in the organization. Yeah. Just to leave off on the note, um, you know, again, he, he got this job on February 1st. It's only been two months. And before he joined legacy motor club, I mean, he was president of violet defense. Uh, he had eight year tenure as the chief revenue officer at Roush Fenray racing, uh, leading sales and partnership development efforts. And, you know, that's just, that's something I guess we got to think about. I mean, we just got to keep a close eye on Legacy Motor Club right now and just see what they're doing. I, I don't think that they, I haven't heard any news about any new sponsors coming in. I haven't heard any news about uh, anything as far as competition goes or whatever. It's just every time we go to the race weekends, it seems like it's just way more about face and they, they've, they've got this image about them. Like they're, they're, this is my personal opinion. The, the nose is a little up in the air. And, and it just seems like that there's not really a big reason for the nose to be up in the air. And, and that's, that's all I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. And, and I guess the last thing for me is um, people are saying in the discord, the entry list came out and then people on Twitter too are saying, uh, cause it shows on the entry list, like who's everybody's sponsor mm-hmm. and tide has been sponsoring their cars the last two years. Yeah. Now tied it, Tide sponsoring Justin Haley. So of course people are asking, what's going on there? Why is Tide not back with them? So, you know, you you mentioned about the sponsors deal. That's something that is noteworthy, you know, when we talk about this. What if so there's I, like some sabotage? What if Richard Petty's just like ha ha ha, like cackling madly, like in his chair, and he's just like, watch this. Ugh, I hate to think about that because I know Richard wants the best for this organization. Yeah, that's just a little that's just a little little dark. Theory but thought. before 
I think before we talk about bets, I do want to talk about the IndyCar race. That was uh, the race of the weekend. The Xfinity race was good, but I'm salty about it because Sammy Smith's crew chief fucked him over and kind of fucked her day up super early. John Hunter Nemechek choked at the end. Shout out to Chandler Smith. He is the real deal. To come in this early in this series that is so competitive and have the start that he's had is unbelievable. He deserves so much credit. Shout out to former truck guy Chandler Smith for getting the dub on Saturday. But I don't want to dive into that because I'm salty about how bad my bets performed on that day or at just for that race because we did come back. But... Formula One race in Australia was also actually a pretty fucking good race. I have to give a shout out there because I stayed up late watching it and it was pretty awesome. There's a lot of calamity that you don't typically see. So shout out to that and shout out to Max Verstappen. Of course, being eight seconds faster than every other car in the field. That's typical Formula One racing. Good job. But the IndyCar race was unbelievable, guys. The IndyCar race, this is the truest greatest form of open wheel racing on planet earth and the race at texas was a massive indication of the excitement level that we can see in this series and it was so refreshing to see like people i I hope there were some new fans that watched this and now can read up on twitter a little bit from some comments and go back and watch some indycar races whether it was in the cart era in the early 90s uh, or I'd say prime cart era, I guess, late 80s, early 90s-ish. Go watch some IndyCar races from the mid-2000s on ovals like Chicagoland and Pocono, Homestead, Michigan, and even some in the teens. And you got to throw Texas in that bunch, too, because Texas has been an IndyCar wonderland before they repaved it in 2017. And to see the kind of action that we saw, just pure exhilarating open wheel racing at texas on sunday it was spectacular i was telling chase before we started recording me and my dad which i don't get to watch a lot of stuff with my dad as much anymore because we're traveling so much but it was the first time and i don't know how long that me and my dad have been standing out of our seats watching any motorsports race it was awesome my heart was beating through my chest in the final 15 laps of that event it was just unbelievable and we shit on Texas all the time because of the repave because they have like a hundred people that come out there and watch their races, but you got to give them a little bit of credit. It seems like the last couple of IndyCar races have been good. NASCAR's race last year may have been good if it wasn't for all the tire failures. So I give a little bit credit to the speedway just because it seems like after this repave, the track is getting a little bit better. I talked about how the truck race was a disaster. You know, part of that is just the racing uh, that race is just a, a Drugs, man. Well, that race in particular is fucking pathetic to the motorsports world because on a, a controlled live pit stops on a paved oval. How they did that? I mean that that's how you kill racing. That's how you kill a series. And I get like, oh well, the teams are all in Cup and Xfinity. That's great. The fact that I just want the, the trucks to be more legitimate and being recognized as a as a good motorsports racing series and it i think it is but when you have these controlled pit stops and you completely eliminate any sort of strategy and you completely eliminate every single bit of natural flow in a race 
it that is how you fucking destroy a racing series right there. And I know it's only once or twice a year the trucks are going to do this, but that along with how the driving was at the end of that race, it was very messy, pretty disgraceful event all around. There was like seven people in the audience at the track, hated it. Only good thing about that truck race is because Carson was far got the bags for us. Dale, I just got. But I want to talk about the IndyCar race. I want your thoughts on IndyCar. Yeah, I I want to interrupt you real quick about the truck thing, though. The controlled pit stop deal—that that's not even an excuse because that was NASCAR's choice to make that a standalone series. Yes, thank you. Had people on the ready for that? That you had plenty of time to prepare. Scheduled came out fucking last year. So not even an excuse. I agree with you hundred percent there. The IndyCar side of it, shout out to IndyCar, uh, IndyCar, Texas might be an okay guy. Um, I, I got to see a lot of Twitter buzz about that. And, and I tweeted out as well. Just, I loved the amount of IndyCar I saw in my timeline. There was so much IndyCar. Like we didn't see that a lot last year. And I want to just take a moment to just say, if you have not, watched IndyCar on ovals if you've just caught it like you know at a road course and you're thinking like oh IndyCar's road course race and open wheel racing it's like f1 no the oval IndyCar racing is the most incredible thing i've ever watched it when i went to my first indy 500 that's just a spectacle on its own the bomberito 500 at gateway was phenomenal i call it space racing i li- i just got star wars racer on n64 today i found it been playing it you know, greatest indie car game ever made. Um, so I, I just want to say that, that, that more people, yeah, it's a fucking, I, I've been playing the shit out of it, dude. I've already like went to the junkyard like eight times, got some new parts. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to roll, dude. I've been podding it out. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I want to see more people watch IndyCar and, and we're going to go to some more IndyCar races this year as well. We want to get more involved with IndyCar. So join us in that. And, and let's all get a little more involved in IndyCar. The betting lines are, are decent. They're not always the best, but they're not, they're not, they're not F1. They're not F1 odds always, you know, so check that out. That's all I want. IndyCar odds. If you, I hope you guys watch Dale Center this past week because Roto Dot came on and gave winners, right? There are good odds for IndyCar racing. Like it's such a competitive series that you can't just saturate one or two guys. Now, the books are going to be, because of New Garden winning, which he's one of the best oval racers in the history of the IndyCar series, and because of Pato Award being really good in the first two races of the season on two totally different racetracks, you might see some saturation with those two guys in the next race. Where are we going? Long Beach, is it, for the next one? Um, uh, yes, yeah, so the next race is... In a couple weeks. Long Beach, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, April 16th. There you go. So, yeah, just talking about odds briefly, like you might see some saturation with a couple of those guys. They're going to value Mar- Marcus Erickson higher because he won at St. Petersburg, which is a road course. But, you know, we, we've talked about this, and this is something I've I've mentioned a lot, whether it's been here or on social media or on Dale Center. Like, I think the IndyCar series is the best racing when you combine both worlds of F1 and NASCAR. We just got to work on presentation. And and I know you you've we you've agreed with me on this as well, and you see it. It's just obvious. Like we've got to work on presentation. When you look at what Formula One does in their presentation, a lot of their casual viewers just don't even understand what they're fucking watching when you compare it to 
the racing product you get from IndyCar and NASCAR. And I'm I'm all I'm not, I don't want to leave NASCAR out of this either because NASCAR also needs to work on presentation. Our Fox broadcast has deteriorated. If you go watch a Formula One broadcast, it is amazing. And I don't think it's just amazing in the motorsports world. I think it's arguably the best presentation of any sport on planet Earth. I mean, for real, it is awesome. It is so good. It is so insightful. It is fun. They're bringing great record crowds to all these different international racetracks. So Formula One, amazing presentation. IndyCar, substantially better racing, better competition, more equal race cars. That is what I lean towards as a traditional motorsports fan and someone who who wants to be more entertained by what happens on the racetrack. So that that's my spill on IndyCar. And to see how refreshing it was to to get a little bit of old IndyCar glory back in 2023 when it comes to oval racing, great, fantastic for the sport. I can't wait for the Indy 500. God, I cannot wait for the Indy 500. It's going to be fucking awesome. And I, I hope everybody tunes in a little bit more on some IndyCar racing in 2023 because it's always exciting. It's going to be a fun day of racing for sure. I know I'm going to be at the 600 this year, not missing the Indy 500 next year when Larson goes. We're still going to find a way to sneak on his plane. Don't forget that. Yeah, we're but, cargo. Uh, yeah, but for those of you guys that have been listening, this has been great recapping everything from the week before. Uh, we're not going to stay too long on this next topic, but we, we got to talk a little bit about Food City Dirt Race at Bristol this weekend. I love dirt. Uh, big dirt boy. I love watching the cars get sideways. We had some odds drop over on Barstool Sportsbook and Caesar Sportsbook. Points bet did drop, uh, but they have now retracted. So shout out to them. But they are the only points bet is the only company that has actually called me on my cell phone to tell me a happy birthday and give me ten dollars. They had some random. It's so crazy. Yeah. So That's they're awesome. all. Up in Jersey, man, they keep it real. But the, these odds have dropped. Caesars, uh, Caesars dropped first, and then Barstool followed not long after. Uh, the big mover of this was Chase Briscoe uh, opened up at plus twelve hundred on Caesars Sportsbook. If you were able to grab that, congratulations, you're a fucking wizard. Uh, he ended up dropping down to plus eight hundred over on Caesars, and that's kind of where he stayed. On Barstool, he's at plus 900, and I'll just go ahead and say straight up, that is the first outright uh, I have taken for the week. I got him at plus nine over on Barstool, and I just – I'm comfortable with taking him there. I would have loved to get him at 12 to one. I would have uh, – if I would have had no choice, I would have taken him at eight at eight to one, but I got him at nine to one, so I'm happy with that. I I got Christopher Bell. Um, I, I – I, there's a discrepancy here where Caesars opened him at six to one. He's kind of like you said, Chase Briscoe has been the big mover. Everybody else from what I remember has kind of stayed put. And I think that's fine. I think you shouldn't go heavy on anything right now because this race can be a wild card event. Yeah. Me and you talked before we both are kind of leaning. It feels like Kyle Larson is, is going to get this one. It feels like Kyle Larson is going to be one of the guys to beat because he is a dirt guy. I like the momentum factor. I like that. We've had two years now for these dirt regulars to figure this race out. And and some would say maybe they lose their advantage because we've had two years under this. I actually think Larson, Bell, Briscoe, Austin Dillon, got to look at him. He's a good dirt guy. These are going to be the guys that are going to be the ones to watch this weekend. 
get the red dog. But I can't. Yeah, got to consider Tyler Reddick as well, of course. But I have so much pain and suffering from what happened last year on Tyler Reddick. I don't know if I can look at him the same way because. And now oh, pushes in that car. And God, great, dude. I love Chase Briscoe, but what he did on that last lap. Oh, it just ruined me. It, it ruined me, man. It ruined me. And I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just Greatest want to talk about this year. Greatest. Yes, time. that's fair. We have moved on. Um, I'm going to look at, so I, I locked in Christopher Bell. He's eight to one on Barcelona Sportsbook compared to six to one on Caesars. I could see Bell coming out. First of all, I could see people hammering that eight to one and bringing that down. I could also see Bell coming out dominating his heat, getting a lot of those points to get a good starting position for the race and keeping his track position all day or all night long and potentially running away with it. He was really good here last year, but no one was better than Chase Briscoe. If I could have got that 12 to one, I would feel so damn good. I'm kind of going to wait on Briscoe because he spun multiple times last year in practice and in the race. Maybe he makes a mistake. He pushes too hard because that's what he does. He pushes too hard in qualifying or in practice, spins out, books, may freak out a little bit, say, uh-oh, he doesn't have a good starting spot, he's in trouble. Maybe we get some better value on Briscoe. Because I just don't think anybody's going to overtake Larson and Bell on these odds. So I don't think you're going to have a big drop from 9-1 to one to like 6-1 to one or 5-1. to one. I think by race, by green flag, you'll still be able to get 7-1 to one at Ch- on Chase Briscoe for this race. But I'm on C. Bell as my only outright at this moment. I'm going to keep an eye on top five and top ten odds, and I'm going to look at Justin Haley and Austin Dillon. Justin Haley, underrated dirt guy, right now on Barstool Sportsbook, 80-1 to to win. I might bet that. You might wake up, listen to this podcast, and see that I have logged that. That's an interesting one. Justin Haley ran decent here last year, ran super good in his heat. This race last year was dictated by odd strategy because of the consistent rain that kept bringing out cautions, along with wrecks that would bring out cautions. But the rain and the weather had a big impact on how this race played out and ultimately is what gave Tyler Reddick the race lead before he got wrecked on that final lap. Yeah. I like Justin Haley as an underdog here because he's good on dirt. He's he's an established dirt racer who stays active in that scene. And... Finished 14th in this race. It's nothing special, nothing crazy. But maybe put a flyer on that, man. You could put five bucks on that, and if it doesn't hit, no big deal. I mainly want to look at top five and top ten for him and for Austin Dillon whenever those odds decide to be dropped. Yeah, look, aside from, you know, the Justin Haley deal, like, uh, well, to, to just add on to that, he did finish 12th at Bristol Asphalt last year as well. So he's fine in a way. Okay, just just keep an eye out there. I like that. His uh his teammate for this race though with colleague is going to be Jonathan Davenport. I've learned a lot about him this week. He is one of the best dirt car racers in the entire country, maybe the world. Um, there, there's been a lot of chatter about him talking with Kyle Bush and and kind of going back and forth on some things. And one of the guys here in in the shop at the International Chase Station, guy that actually uh has the car here. Uh, his name is Cody Barber. He's a dirt track racer uh, in uh, Louisiana. Has been running a lot at Baton Rouge. Actually got detained for uh, for uh, getting in this man's face uh, for turning him on the last lap this past weekend. Pretty That's fun. Awesome. 
yeah, he's a great guy, and uh, and he was telling me a lot about Jonathan Davenport. So I'm going to kind of keep an eye, not to win this race, but I'm going to see what kind of odds we get on him on some other things, some props and things like that this week. But the last guy I'm going to say that I'm leaning towards betting on as well, uh, like you said, you don't be shocked if you wake up, you see you with Austin Dillon or Justin Haley. Don't be shocked if you wake up and see me hammering Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at 25 to 1 because they're just throwing shade on this man. I know he's had terrible finishes at this race the past two years, but like you said, if we want to believe that these dirt guys are going to figure it out, third time's a charm. That's something you can use to help you, you know, this week to maybe put a little bit of money on someone like Justin Haley or somebody like Austin Dillon or Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I just think it's a huge slap in the face for a veteran dirt guy. I mean, he's not even in 15 to one. I would have expected that out of these books, you know, but Daytona 500 champion this year. He's a dirt boy. I'm just saying, I feel like I have to do it every year. So he he finished second here in in 2021, by the way, last year, I think he had a good car, but just kind of, kind of pushed the cushion a little too much and, and wrecked. I think that's what happened. I think he wrecked a couple of times and just, it, he just had his night derailed just from overshooting a little bit, but I like, I like Ricky too, man. I, I don't hate that. I like Ricky too. Definitely got to catch up with Ricky when we get to Bristol. So yeah, don't forget this weekend garage guys will be in Bristol. If you are going to the food city dirt race, be sure to tag us uh, on social media. Let us know that you're going to be there as well. Looking forward to meeting up with everybody this weekend. If we have some time, we're going to be there because it is a Hooters race weekend. That's right. We'll be hanging out with uh, Josh Berry and the Hooters team uh, out there at the race. So Josh will be filling in for Chase Elliott. Uh, you know, hate, hate that Chase couldn't be here for this one, but definitely feeling good that we got somebody like Josh Berry uh, in this car. We're going to see how he shakes out at these dirt races. So big Hooters weekend. Make sure you go check out the Hooters in Johnson City, Tennessee. We might be in and out of there a little bit this week. Who knows? So come by there. Go grab some great wings. Remember, use promo code Garage Guys, like the promo reel said in the beginning of the show. And uh, and you can save $10 on any $30 or $40 order, dine-in or carry-out. So don't forget that. Um, but other than that, uh, I think that's, that's, that's about it. That about sums it up. It's one of the longest shows we've done in a while. And we had some great talking points and great conversation. Um, you got anything else, Dale? Yeah, no, that was, that was a good fun episode. Like we thought it would be, there's just a lot of good storylines right now. It was a really good weekend of racing and you gotta, you gotta commemorate everybody for, uh, except for trucks. Trucks is bad. Trucks is bad. That's how you kill racing, but everything else was great. Love you, Carson Hosevar. Hate you, Martin Truex Jr. And I guess that's it. I'm, I'm pretty winded. I'm pretty winded. So I'm excited for Bristol, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got Truck Night in America this weekend back on dirt. Kind of be fun when those odds drop. We have Rhodes? to mention that, too. Well, Ben Rhodes. Got to keep an eye on Ben Rhodes, man. He's been so good here. You got a lot of cup regulars like William Byron, Joey Logano, Chase Briscoe, all racing. So it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be a fun race like last year and the year before. So it's going to be a good time in Bristol, Tennessee for Easter Sunday weekend. I'm excited to be there and I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and uh, please go tell Carson Osafar that he has really nice hats because he's the fucking man. Praise the Lord. It's Easter week. Amen. <laughs>